do you love this podcast? Do you get all the days confused and only know it's Tuesday because there's a new episode of Nostalgia? I do. And if you do too, please leave it a review. It can be short on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on YouTube, follow and rate on Spotify, and share with a friend, yes, off the internet and in real life. It not only provides a show, it not only provides a show with more visibility to support us as we grow, but it's also just a very gruel thing for you to do. This review is from Wholeness Within titled, Can't Wait for More. I love this podcast. It's unlocking so many memories and the fun that I had growing up. I love all the different angles of examining nostalgia fashion, music, internet trends. It's so unique and I'm so excited for more episodes. Three exclamation points. Thank you so much for supporting the show and I look forward to reading more of your reviews. Before we get started, I think it's very important to tell you that I'm dressed for the occasion today. I am wearing an outfit inspired by Paris Hilton, one of the more infamous outfits that has been photoshopped all over the internet. The tank top says stop being desperate and there is an accompanying pink ombre tiered skirt that I found on Poshmark for $10. So just know that I am seriously committed. When I say it's realistic, I mean it's realistic in that I'm actually wearing it. Although at the same time, when Regina George said, that's the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen, I think that she was talking about this one. So anyway, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Nostalgia. I had way too much fun with the last episode going through my Pinterest board called Specific Nostalgic Things and talking about all these different nostalgic toys, games, Barbies, and more from the 90s. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, definitely check it out. It's so fun. And so we're going to do it again, this time talking about realistic 2000s fashion. This is not like wannabe Y2K. We did not look like brat stalls. This is realistic, cringy, cursed, yet iconic looks where everybody had skinny eyebrows. We're breaking down what accessories and styles were all the rage, what people get wrong about Y2K style today in 2022, and why these styles, despite having seen the trend cycle repeat in the 2020s, will never be the same as they once were. Then we're going to play Vogue or Rogue, a game where I go through my old outfits from the 2000s and rate them whether I approve or whether they're just cursed and they need to stay in the past. First, we have dresses over jeans. I have no idea why this was a thing, but it really was. It was just necessary. We layered our clothes a lot back then. More on that soon. And Jessica Alba really, really stood for this look. And I love to see it at the 2004 and 2005 Teen Choice Awards. Jeans just had a big moment in general, whether it was denim skirts, denim shorts, denim capris. Bermuda shorts, apple bottom jeans. Of course, after the Flow Rida song came out, jeans were just big. And the look was this a little going out top, like a baby doll style. We had a statement necklace with the denim capri with a little shoe. It could be a flip flop, it could be a heel. This look was so versatile and yet so dated at the same time, but I love it. Speaking of denim skirts, we had an amazing look where you would have, again, your top, your denim skirt, you would pair it with either cowboy boots, Ugg boots, flip flops, and 
This one is very of the times, but what I especially loved was when we started putting leggings underneath the denim skirts. And then by the late 2000s, we just ditched the skirts entirely and only started wearing leggings as pants. And I think that that transition is not talked about enough. Speaking of going out tops, this is a generally broad category, but it ultimately means some kind of shirt that you would go out in, whether that's out at night, out to the mall, out with your friends, anywhere other than school or work, basically. And so it would generally be shiny, maybe silky, maybe have ruching, some kind of detail, embellishment, sequins were very popular, something shiny, something fun, peasant tops and blouses were really popular, baby doll tops, empire waists, it was all very in. And we need to bring back the going out top. A top that I was not obsessed with was the button-down shirt. And you might be thinking, wait, haven't button-downs always been popular? Not like they were then. I think that we were just being groomed to be little corporate minions. And so we were wearing outfits like we were a secretary at a corporate office starting when we were eight years old. And I think that the best example of this at the Kids' Choice Awards, everybody had a button-down. Jennifer Garner, Anne Hathaway, but Raven Simone really did business casual the best. She had many chic looks on That's So Raven, but the dentist episode, so funny. She's wearing just a full-on suit-inspired look, and I think that's great. I don't mind leaving that one in the past, though. Graphic tees were a huge part of my life. They still are. We had so many different varieties. Most popular was Von Dutch and Victoria's Secret Pink, Ed Hardy, Paul Frank. Most popularly, we would see celebrities who were often photographed by paparazzi in these graphic tees with very bold sayings, whether it's Paris Hilton's Got Blow, which was a play on the Got Milk campaign, or Britney Spears's move bitch where she wore rosary beads as a necklace regardless of what the graphic tee said it always made a statement and speaking of shirts we just loved shirts we loved shirts so much that we would wear as many of them at one time as we could we would either layer tank tops camis a tank top and a cami or a t-shirt and a cami and it was just a look and we have Rachel Bilson is a great example of this, just a classic white t-shirt and jeans, but, but with a lace cami on top. Speaking of layering shirts, layering polos and popping the collar of polos was extremely popular. I still to this day have no idea why, but I do remember seeing on the OC Misha Barton wearing this yellow green colored Lacoste polo. And I was just, that was it for me. I was completely sold on the polo life and the pictures from those times are so dated and they're just really funny to me and I'm from New England so maybe people were doing this all along but people would also do the polo tie a cable knit sweater around their shoulders and then do the pearl necklace pearl necklaces were just such a thing again don't know why but they really were people were obsessed with headwear so whether that was a head scarf a bandana, a hat, a headband. There was really no thread of continuity among all of the different styles, just the fact that it was a headwear accessory. Speaking of accessories, we had many different styles of accessories that were popular. The quilted Chanel bag and just like fake Chanel everything was all the rage. 
If you haven't listened to our episode on handbags, you absolutely have to. It is so much fun. And in addition to those quilted Chanel handbags, there were these Chanel kind of like aviator sunglasses with the little crystals on the sides. And my favorite sunglasses of all time, just the giant bug ones as popularized by Nicole Richie. Just looking at some of these pictures, I'm like, wow, she really apparently was a big style influence on me with a big bug sunglass, a gigantic statement necklace with wooden beads. I just, I can't get over these necklaces and they just transport me immediately right back. I personally had this gigantic necklace with wooden beads. It was Kelly green and the beads kept getting increasingly larger as you went around the necklace. And I don't know, should I buy it again? Maybe, we'll see. Something else though, that was a really popular accessory in the 2000s, Starbucks. I don't know why, I think it was just because the paparazzi would photograph people like Britney Spears and Nicole Richie trying to just live their lives. That's a whole nother episode. But a Starbucks cup in and of itself became an accessory and the bottled Starbucks Frappuccinos. We also had Java chip Frappuccinos. We had caramel macchiatos. I mean, that was just like the thing to do. Walk around and get your coffee. Amazing. I actually was so obsessed with Starbucks. I applied to work there and I didn't get selected and I cried. But you know what? Maybe that would have taken away some of the magic. Another really important style in the 2000s was what we now know as the McBling aesthetic. And so this has roots in the black community, in the hip hop community. At the time, it was really called urban. And so there were brands like Baby Fat, who really bridged that gap between fashion and the music industry. So the founder of Baby Fat, Kamora Lee Simmons, she was married to Russell Simmons, a music executive. And so this was the time where we really saw in all the different music videos, all of the conspicuous consumption, the wealth. There was a lot of denim. There were a lot of Timberland shoes and boots. There was a lot of bling, a lot of chains and necklaces, a lot of fur. And we'll talk a little bit later about why McBling is not actually Y2K fashion. It's its own entire aesthetic. One of my favorite examples of it though is where Cameron is on his cell phone, his flip phone in the giant pink fluffy outfit. I think this is gorgeous. Speaking of pink outfits that I'm absolutely obsessed with, Missy Elliott's pink Adidas tracksuit and fuzzy hat from the Grammy Awards is absolutely just one of my top favorite looks of the entire decade. Although not specific to the 2000s, we had the airbrush effect. You can even see that's come back in Normani's motivation music video, where she also channels Sierra when Sierra first came out onto the scene with goodies, track wear, like Adidas track suits that we'd even seen popularized in the 80s and the 90s in the hip hop community. Those are really popular. And of course, the thing that makes McBling the most recognizable is the Juicy Couture tracksuit or sweatsuit. And I cannot overstate its influence. Another phenomenon that was very interesting, thin, useless scarves. 
I don't know why they were a thing. They were not meant for cold weather and they were actually in Vogue last year. And I don't mean in style. <laughs> I mean, they were actually in Vogue magazine and the article was called In Praise of the Thin Useless Scarf. Amazing. This was definitely my favorite trend. It was kind of mod inspired. So we saw a lot of 60s silhouettes, like I mentioned with the empire waist. We saw bubble dresses, which I thought were really interesting. We saw polka dots, specifically me with red and white polka dots was my main personality trait for the entire mid 2000s, which is amazing. We even saw a bouffant hairdo. Amy Winehouse was obviously the most popular example of this and a reinterpreted version of the bouffant would become really popular in the late 2000s as popularized by Snooki from Jersey Shore and this would usher in a whole market of hair accessories including bumpets which I personally didn't have one. I would just kind of have a bump that would be half deflated as opposed to a full poof with a nice arc. Uh, mine needed a little, my hair is so thick that it would just be heavy and be weighed down and be kind of flat. But you know what? We all tried the bump with varying levels of success. This look with Paris Hilton, I'm truly obsessed with bug sunglasses with the mod earrings with a headband with the oversized belt with the tiered dress i mean it is absolutely impeccable flawless i love i don't know what it was with these earrings i don't even know what to call them they are kind of like those mod earrings where it's a circle with a hole in the middle I, what do you call them i don't know mod culture andy warhol art all of those things had a major, major influence on me. So this kind of quirkier style was definitely where I fit in as much as I did rock some Abercrombie and Hollister. You guys know I'm a Delia's girl till the end. Delia's is a whole nother episode. So let's keep going. Non-functional belts are just, I like want one again. This is one trend that I am so here for. I love it. And what it has to do with is the silhouette right? So like I mentioned before, we either had, it was like all or nothing. It was either high waist, so like an empire. So you would wear a belt right like where the bottom of your bra is. And that would kind of, the idea was to elongate your torso. Or you would wear a belt that cinched in your waist, but it was on top of a shirt. <laughs> so it didn't actually fit into any belt loops. And then, like I mentioned, with the drop waist, you would wear a belt either on top of your belt loops or slightly lower. The point is the belt would go everywhere except for actually in the loops of your jeans. And I don't know why. I just love it. This was the trend I thought was the funniest. It's cropped shrugs. I think they're absolutely wonderful. We also had cropped vests. And a shrug is kind of like a cardigan it may or may not have buttons on it but it is super small and only comes up or goes down to about your rib cage or so as opposed to a cardigan would be full length and, and hit around or below the hip these shrugs were out of control they were crochet they were 
bedazzled. They had sequins. This silhouette was so random, but it's so of the times. And it makes me smile whenever I think about it, which is pretty often actually. Our last trend that I want to talk about is tiered skirts. So these skirts were of varying lengths. The thing that they had in common was that they were pleated or that they were tiered in that there were multiple levels of fabric. So we had the micro mini skirt. We had kind of like a more boho or long skirt, uh, including the Paris Hilton one that I am wearing right now that I found for $10 on Poshmark. That was super fun. It just paints such a clear picture of kind of what everything was like then. Did you know that we have a weekly newsletter, nostalgia.substack.com? We have a roundup of pop culture news, playlists, trivia, all kinds of fun stuff. Paid subscribers, it's $5.99 a month. Get bonus mini podcast episodes where you have the opportunity to pick the topic. So we will see you there. Nickstalgia.substack.com. Back to the show. Okay, this is what people get wrong about Y2K. Y2K is a time frame, but now it's also what is called an aesthetic. Y2K actually started in the early 90s. And this was when this technological panic began about what would happen to computers when the century changed from 99 to 00, or what happened when the year changed the century, whatever. Y2K aesthetic or style, it was all icy blues, silver, metallics. Think the cover of TLC's fan mail. That was like futuristic to us. So it had spacey, futuristic, technology vibes before we actually knew what that would look like. This was us trying to interpret the future when we still lived in this analog world. So I want to talk about why the style of the early 2000s may be imitated but not duplicated, okay? Every fashion trend incorporates influence or inspiration from the past with the creativity of the present, not realizing how in the moment it's going to impact the future. And the cultural zeitgeist means the mood, the spirit, the attitudes of the time. And that includes all different kinds of sociopolitical elements that you would only be able to fully understand from lived experience. That's a difference between nostalgia and nostalgia. Nostalgia, you were there. Nostalgia, you have enthusiasm and excitement about a time that you were not there firsthand for. Now, style is sartorially known as aesthetics or micro trends nowadays. It's meta, like how people can cosplay different aesthetics. Whereas back in the 2000s, there was not this ubiquity of options. You wouldn't be cottage core one day and bubble gumbling the next. We all shopped at the same stores and basically wore the same thing. There was not that as much variation as we have now with the internet era and the ability to have this mutable kind of style. Now, bubblegum bling is what the Consumer Aesthetics Research Institute, who I talk about constantly, calls the revival of McBling. So how bubblegum bling is different than McBling is that it's heavily influenced by PC music and hyperpop, which is one of my favorite micro genres. So think Charlie XCX, Kim Petras, Slater, Sophie, and the main differences between those two are the inspiration and inclusion of the LGBTQ plus community 
and the inextricable ties to digital and internet culture. Then it was more about fitting in than standing out. And I'm not saying that that's better. It's just different. And obviously technology and the internet has really been a driving force in that, especially in the 2020s. And no matter how much we want to go back to, quote, simpler times or recreate an aesthetic, we can't ever truly do so because they weren't simpler times when we were living them. That was just life. And the 2000s were the last decade where smartphones and social media weren't the norm. Now, the biggest difference I see in fashion is that everybody's putting on a show for everyone else on social media. As Chuck Klosterman said in his book, The 90s, the future can't exist until the present is the past. And I would actually really love to share an excerpt from his book, The 90s, because I feel like it perfectly sums up this point. He says, the compulsion to reconsider the past through the ideals and beliefs of the present is constant and overwhelming. It allows for a sense of moral clarity and feels more enlightened, but actually it's just easier than trying to understand how things felt when they originally occurred. Part of the complexity of living through history is the process of explaining things about the past that you never explained to yourself. So many temporary realities distantly viewed in the rearview mirror will appear ridiculous to any person who wasn't there. How could this have happened, they ask, and the skepticism is reasonable. Their questions are impossible to answer outside of the non-expository truth. What seems weird now didn't seem weird then. In fact, what seems weird now once seemed predictable. There was now complete integration between the notion of living a normal life and the ubiquity of how the larger culture was packaged and presented by the media. This, in many ways, was the crux of the Generation X conundrum. How, for example, was it possible for a person to reject the illusion of advertising if their only concept of authenticity had been constructed by advertising? How is it possible to see politics as separate from entertainment if the defining president of their adolescence had started his career as an actor? In the same way, 21st century adults would grow comfortable with classifying their own personalities as, quote, brands. Late 20th century adults nonchalantly accepted the possibility that their principal social function was to serve as consumers. Wow. That's so interesting because people now with nostalgia for the 2000s or even the 90s, they'll say, wait, how did this happen? How did that happen? How could you have worn that? How could you have done that? And it's like, that was just what we were doing at the time. You you just do the best with what you have in any given moment. And in my recent episode with Perry and Sophia about modern social media marketing and media literacy, we ask if we know better, do we do better? And I say the answer is not necessarily because we're going to have to learn those same lessons over and over in a different context as products of a different cultural zeitgeist. And I think that is so fascinating. So actually this week's newsletter includes the 90s in the nostalgia book club section. So like all of his work, it's definitely more cerebral than most of the other pop culture books I read, but I really enjoyed it. This episode comes out on Tuesday, July 12th, and the newsletter comes out on Thursday, July 14th. So if you're not already subscribed, you can do so at nostalgia.substack.com slash subscribe. And last week, the book club section was included as well with awesome reads by Jancy Dunn, Evan Ross Katz, and Danny Pellegrino. You're definitely going to have to check it out.
I am so excited because we are going to play a game. It is called Vogue or Rogue, where I go through my old outfits of the 2000s. That's right. I'm showing you pictures if you are watching on YouTube or Spotify, and I'm going to rate whether I approve or whether they're just cursed looks and we need to leave them in the past. All right. First, we have a picture from the first day of school. I think this was in 2003, and I have the striped. It's dark blue and light blue striped rugby polo with a white collar and a white tie in the front. I have the Adidas Superstar shoes with the light blue stripes, a denim skirt, and a sky blue L.L. Bean backpack. I'm giving this Vogue. I'm obsessed with this outfit. I would still wear it today. I wouldn't wear the L.L. Bean backpack, but other than that, love. Next is my first day of high school. I am in a pretty much full Hollister look. We have a light orange Hollister graphic tee and, of course, a teal track jacket. I don't love this look, so I'm going to say rogue. However, the sincerity and the excitement behind starting high school was, was definitely there, so I do appreciate that. Next, we have, this was from 2005. I have a graphic tee from Abercrombie. It's green and it has kind of like that interesting McBling Gothic font on it. It says, I can't live without my lip gloss. This is absolute vogue. Again, I wish I still had this. Next, we have a picture of me in a red polo with a white cami underneath. We have a light wash denim skirt with leggings underneath black with white polka dots and I am going to vote this one Vogue because at the time this was before leggings were worn as pants and I got sent to the principal's office wearing this outfit because they said my skirt was too short. I said how can that be possible? I'm literally wearing pants under it and they're like leggings are not pants. So who ended up really being right on that? I was really a trailblazer at my high school in central Connecticut as I was the first person to wear, on the record, a skirt with leggings underneath it. Okay, I literally don't even know what this outfit is. It's a pair of light wash denim capris with a printed wrap tunic with a pink tank top underneath and kitschy pink plastic heart dangling earrings with lighter pink kitten heels with a bow on top and I have a little mermaid purse and I'm holding a bag of skittles so this is so rogue I have no further comment this next look I was going to a themed party but I do kind of look like I'm going to a funeral here it's a black dress with white polka dots I'm wearing a black cardigan a pearl necklace dangly earrings rogue no Next we have, I was on a swing, how nice, a bright aqua blue polo with that same light wash denim mini skirt with yellow, light yellow leggings with a lace trim and high top fluorescent pink converse with white shoelaces with fluorescent pink hearts on them and bug sunglasses and a 
wooden beaded necklace that had teal yellow and neon pink. This is absolutely rogue because it is just like a mishmash of so many fluorescent things but I do love this look and I do believe it is a very of the times. It is high key Delia's kitsch and we love that for me. Next we have, oh, of course. Okay, remember how I said how red with white polka dots was my main personality trait? Here we go. It will not be the last time you see me wearing something very similar to this. Uh, I was at, That was a mocktail, by the way. I was at a party and I had this strapless dress with a white bow as the belt at the waistline, gigantic white beaded necklace and then a white headband with a bow on it as well. This gets Vogue because it is what then would become Twee. I wasn't big into Twee, but, or maybe I was, I don't know, whatever. I like this look. I think it's sweet. Next. Okay. This is the Hollister puffer winter coat that literally everybody had. Why do they have a white winter coat? We don't know. The hood was lined with fur. I don't know how to feel about this. So I'm just going to say rogue. Next, I have my outfit. Okay. I'm literally wearing three shirts here. I'm four shirts. I'm wearing a teal tunic tank top, which again, I I'm a petite person. I'm five, one and three quarters, same as, you know, Fergie, the Olsen twins, etc. Lady Gaga's five, two also. Um, oh yeah. I say on my driver's license, five, two close enough anyway. But since I am sure tunic length things is just no for me. So I've really just added insult to injury by wearing not one, but four different layers, uh, in this proportion that does not suit my body type. But anyway, we have the teal tank top, then we have the green tank top, then we have the coral colored shirt, and then we also have a brown cardigan on top with a necklace. We have the matching uh, olive green kitten heels, and that had a little button detail on it. And I'm wearing my Kate Spade purse, which is pink with polka dots on it. And then my jeans, again, because I'm 5'2" rolled up about five inches and cuffed, but not in like the cute cuff, just rolled up. It's not, it just folded, I guess. This is so rogue. I hate this outfit. Next. Okay. This is me chilling at the mall in New Jersey. That cardigan, it was navy with tiny white polka dots and all of the buttons were white bows. Again, high kitsch. We were eclectic. We loved it. Um, with a pair of medium wash jeans again folded up because god forbid i went and got a pair of pants shortened and walking sneakers which i would never wear shoes like this but it was definitely because my mom said we're gonna be at we were visiting three different malls in one day and she probably was like we're gonna be walking around the mall you gotta wear comfortable shoes and so this gets rogue it just doesn't go but i did get asked to work at delia's at garden state plaza that day and I did try the Cheesecake Factory for the first time at the Willowbrook Mall in Wayne, New Jersey, not to be confused with the time that I literally made my family drive me to Fountains of Wayne, the fountain store in New Jersey, which the band who sang Stacy's Mom was named after. 
Next, I had on a pearl necklace and giant white bug sunglasses. This gets <laughs> rogue. I don't like it. I don't like the pearl necklace anymore. And then the, with the bug sunglasses, as much as I love them, the white is just giving, um, what's his name? Willy Wonka vibes. And we're not about that life for me personally. Next, we have, okay, I hate this outfit. However, it's getting Vogue because this is the biggest personality pick of me probably in existence. It's me sitting on the hood of my car. Her name was Candy, C-A-N-D-I. She was a 2002 bright red Ford Focus. I mean, the memories. I loved her so much. I had a disco ball hanging from my rearview mirror. The outfit I'm wearing, I have on brown bug sunglasses, a pink tunic tank top again these tanks were too long and if they're too long for you you kind of just had all the bumps of your jeans showing and I, I guess no one thought it looked bad but whatever so I have a pink tank top a teal shrug and those folded up jeans and green flip-flops this outfit is so heinous but I'm truly living my best life here so that needs to be acknowledged and appreciated Next, we have a picture of me on my birthday. Amazing. This was when I was really in my in my mod phase. I was wearing a tiara. I mean, I wore tiaras fairly, I mean, I would say more than the average person, but it was my birthday. So I'm wearing a navy blue tunic top with white polka dots and a bright red non-functional belt. I remember that top was from Delia's too. And that red non-functional belt will come back multiple times. So what I say? Oh, Vogue. Okay, 2007 was just a time to be wearing baby doll tops, tank tops, or lace camis, or any combination of the three. These first two pictures are me at various Justin Timberlake concerts. The first, I am wearing a white beaded baby doll Hollister tank. Vogue, I still have that. I should wear it the next time I record. And the second is two tank tops on top of one another. One is white, one is green with an orange handbag. I don't know. Let's just say Vogue. Mm, no, Rogue. Okay. Three was at a John Mayer concert. I wore two lace camis on top of one another, one pink and one brown. You also have to remember that pink and brown, pink and teal, and teal and brown were the biggest color combos of the 2000s. Don't ask me why. They just were. We have a yellow Hollister baby doll top with a cami underneath. I'm gonna say Vogue. I love it. This last look is Rogue. I literally hate it. It's a pink tank top with a green tank top on top of it. And then I'm wearing these plaid multicolor shorts, heinous, and bug sunglasses with braided pigtails. Absolutely not. Goodbye. Rogue. Okay. I love these looks with my non-functional belt. One is me wearing a dark red tank top with black pants, a non-functional belt over that tank top, a black thin belt with a black shrug, a fake Burberry headband and dangly chandelier earrings. Um, rogue. This look is Vogue just because I'm obsessed. It is a navy blue tunic knit short sleeve top with a giant red patent leather non-functional belt with those same stupid jeans folded up with 
red patent leather sling back heels because I wore heels to high school and yet another plaid navy blue and red headband. The outfit itself is heinous, but my confidence that I felt wearing it is, is worth a vote for Vogue. So I have on this pink long sleeved kind of Henley top with a green tank top underneath with like kind of curly hair. And then I, like I told you, remember my bump was like practically flat. I'm going to give this a rogue. There I am again with a red shirt with white polka dots. And I even have a little white cami underneath Vogue. This is just in the words of Jennifer Lopez, this is me dot 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 then. This is me then. It, this is the absolute best representation of who I was in the moment and that's beautiful. And then here I am. Uh, this look is questionable. It is a red dress with the empire waist. So the top part is red sequins and then of course, I'm wearing a dress over jeans. The jeans are once again, oh my God, folded up and I'm wearing black booties. Um, this outfit is disgusting, but I wore it to a Spice Girls concert and I had floor seats. So therefore it, it gets a rogue. Uh, oops, I said rogue. It gets a Vogue. The following looks all get Vogue. A light green baby doll tank with a fake Chanel crystal necklace and bug sunglasses on my head, a bubble dress with geometric square patterns on it, and my peace sign necklace. And then third is another bubble dress, but it has circles rather than squares. And it has a, I wore a black shrug over it. They're just so of the times I love them. I am so obsessed with this picture. Absolute Vogue. We were dressed for a school dance. Also just want to show the other outfits in this picture too. We are protecting people's identities because in no way has anyone from my past agreed to have their photo from the 2000s shown on this podcast. So they are censored. Sorry. And I went to Forever 21 and bought a tunic top. And again, because I am so sure it was a dress on me and I put brown leggings underneath it with high heels and beaded earrings and called it a day one of my finer looks and then this was my high school graduation I had this dress with flowers on it honestly Vogue I don't mind this dress here we are again with this white beaded baby doll tank top of course everyone wearing multiple layers Vogue and similarly, I still have this top. It's green. It has the ruching in the center, which was my favorite thing ever. It's a light green tube top with eyelets at the bottom. Loved. With the jean Bermuda shorts. Love. This outfit haunts me in my sleep. It's a pink, kind of like a frilly top with a ruffle at the bottom. I'm wearing it with jeans and a gray Hollister cardigan button down over it with like a juicy couture necklace. It, this is so rogue. And in my final appearance by the juicy couture necklace, I was wearing a light blue. Yeah. Another one of those kind of baby doll tops 
from either Hollister or Abercrombie and that was a class trip and so I had a tattoo on my hip just don't ask any more questions and then I had ripped like distressed Bermuda shorts we're gonna give this a Vogue with such a time to be alive all right that was fun did you like this episode do you like this podcast well thanks make sure to like follow, share, rate, review on whatever platform you're accessing this from. And again, I super, super appreciate your support. If you love pop culture of the past, present, and future, connect with me on social media at Nicole Tremalio on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's N-I-C-O-L-E-T-R-E-M-A-G-L-I-O. And are you subscribed to our weekly newsletter on all things digital, internet, and pop culture? You have to head to nostalgia.substack.com. We have a roundup of pop culture news, book club, trivia, all kinds of fun stuff. You're going to love it. And as a reminder, paid subscribers get bonus episodes where you have the opportunity to pick the future topic. That's so fun. It's nostalgia.substack.com. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. I hope you had fun today. I did. Be sure to share this episode with your best friend from high school, your sister, anybody who absolutely needs to be reminded of these incredible fashion moments and i'll see you next week bye and stop being desperate bye